a gathering at an English estate. And at the time that it was there, they were having a great time until suddenly one of the children wandered off and found himself falling into a body of deep water, yelling and screaming for help. The gardener heard him and, and ran to his aides, dived into the water and brought him to safety. The parents, the child was Winston Churchill. The parents, overwhelmed with gratitude, asked the gardener, what can we do to thank you? How can we repay you for saving our son's life? And the gardener hesitated for a moment, thought about it. I really would like my son to be able to go to college someday and become a doctor. And they said, we'll see to that. Years, years later, when Winston Churchill was prime minister, he became very seriously ill with pneumonia. And they called in the, great, the best doctor they had in all of England, Dr. Fleming. He was the one who discovered and developed penicillin. He came to the aid of Winston Churchill. He was the son of the gardener that had saved Winston's life earlier. Later, Winston would remark, it's not often that someone is saved by the same one twice. But it's not as rare as we might think. Because you see, you and I, if we are redeemed, if we are saved, if we genuinely have a relationship with Jesus Christ, have the same testimony. We were brought into life by the Creator God, and He gave us life. We were deemed by the Savior, Jesus Christ, and he gave us eternal life, twice purchased, twice given life in what we have together. That's what we celebrate as we think together about this great word that we've been singing about so wondrously all morning, redemption, redeem. There's, not a, there's such a great word and such great power in that word as you and I think about it. It's something that just seems, I found myself yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, on the mower, singing, singing. Of course, then the motor drowns it out, and I'm the only one out there, so it's not as dangerous as what it would seem in other times. But just, it just couldn't get it out of my mind. Redeemed, redeemed. I've been redeemed. And that ought to be singing in our hearts all the time, this idea, this understanding that we have been redeemed. That's what Paul's talking about as he continues in this great challenge or great celebration that he's given us in Ephesians chapter 1 as he's just gone word after word after word about what it means to be a child of God, what it is that God has done for us. And in verse 7, he picks this up. And so we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 1 once again and look at it. If you'll stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word and I'm going to go ahead and go back to verse 3 again and just because this is just one long sentence in which Paul is just celebrating what God is doing. And he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us to the adoption of sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise and the glory of grace which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. And in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to Jesus Christ. We have in Him the redemption that we so desperately need in our lives. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning... As we think about this great word, this understanding of redemption, Father, what a wondrous joy, what a privilege it is to know that we who know you as Lord and Savior that have absolutely put our trust in you and you alone for our salvation. 
when we understand the price that you paid to redeem us, to set us free from the, the bondage, the guiltiness, the condemnation of sin that was upon us. And Father, we, how we could not be rejoicing, how we could not be filled with life and, and wonder at the reality that, that you, the God of the universe, have so loved us that you gave yourself to us in Jesus Christ that we might be redeemed that we might know and understand what it is to be set free from all that had controlled us, all that had us in bondage, and now we're free because of what Christ Jesus did for us. Father, just help us celebrate this morning that idea, that understanding, that reality of redemption. Help us to be something that sinks down into our hearts and, and takes hold of our lives and gives us a joy unspeakable this morning, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. As we think about... Redemption, there are three key words in the Bible that talk about redemption or are translated redemption as they look at it and as you think about it. One of the words is a word that means to be bought out of the marketplace. It's the idea of going into the marketplace and purchasing something to, for your own possession. We go and buy it. The Bible tells us that we are not our own, that we were bought with a price. The Lord Jesus Christ gave it to us. And so you go, you buy it, and it belongs to you. The second word is a word that refers to the idea that you go and you purchase something, but you do this, or especially in the slave market is what it's referring to, but you would do this with the understanding that once you had purchased, you would give papers signing and set that person free so that they would never again be a slave. They'd never again be able to be sold into slavery. They had total freedom. They were released completely from the bondage that they had been in all the, probably all their lives as they would look at it and be a part of it. And again, that's what the scripture tells us, that, that God has purchased us, that he set us free from our sin and the things that are going on. The third word incorporates all three, all, all those two in their fullness, but it adds to it. It means to be loosed. It, it's to be loosed from the guilt. It's to be loosed from the condemnation, from the judgment of God. See, we have been redeemed by Christ Jesus. He paid the price. The Bible tells us we were not saved by gold and silver and those kind of things, but by the very precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he paid the redemption price for us that we might have life everlasting. And not only did he purchase us, but he set us free from that bondage that was ours and that had us controlled. See, sin controls us. The Bible tells us very clearly that every person outside of Christ is, a bondage, is in bondage to sin. They have no control. They can only do what sin dictates in their life until they find themselves released from that by the price of Christ's blood and being shed free as they have the opportunity to do that and be a part of that opportunity. And then we know that there is no condemnation. There's, we've been released from the guilt. We've been set free by what Christ did for us. Now, some people ask, how can the blood of one person be sufficient for all the people of all time? How can just that blood be enough? Well, a man by Dr. Laidlow described it this way. He, used, he said, just, it's a simple arithmetic problem. It's very easy to explain. God, Jesus Christ, is infinite. He has no beginning and he has no end. And God put on flesh and dwelt among us, humanity and divinity in one flesh, all that's there, infinite in all ways. Now, you take a sheet of paper, and you write down as many big numbers as you want to. Just, I mean, fill it up with the biggest numbers you can think of. Put all the numbers you want to on there. And then add to that number millions, and billions, trillions, whatever words you want to use. Then multiply that by 10, 100, a million, a trillion. Again, whatever number you want to. 
Use all the sheets of paper that you want to use. Go as far as you want to go. But in the end, once you get there, you still have a finite number. It has a beginning and it has an end. In infinity, God always exceeds the finite. And nothing that you and I can do can ever turn finite into infinity. Only God is that. No beginning and no end. And that blood, that blood of infinity, that blood of a holy God, that blood can cover every single one of us. See, there's no reason for anyone to be left out of being redeemed. There's no one too far for the reach of God. There's no one that came. We don't have to worry about, is there enough room in heaven for everybody? More than enough, I can promise you. There's a rough grace of God that every single person that has ever lived, every person that's alive today, and every person that shall ever live, if they choose to, can experience the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. No one has to be left out. That's what redemption is about. That's what God is about. As we understand him, as we relate to him, and recognize all that he is and all that he wants us to understand is that reality that that he is capable, he is able, he is willing to redeem us. He paid that price already. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves because he loves us so very much and he understands that there's not a thing that you and I can ever do, no matter what we might do, that will ever achieve salvation. But he wants us to know that salvation. And so he provided it for us in Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul's so excited about in Ephesians chapter 1. As he becomes, he, he did all these things for us. He gave us all these things. And he did it by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He did it by Christ alone. And we need to get that down in our minds and our heads. There are not many ways of salvation. There are not many pathways in which we can get to God. We can only get to God through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no exceptions, No one comes to the Father except that he comes through me. There's no other name given among men whereby men can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other possible way of being saved, but we don't need another way because Jesus Christ's blood is sufficient to redeem us all. The price that he paid willingly for you and for me is sufficient for us. We don't need anything else. And so we can rejoice today and understand that we who know him, who have trusted him, who have put our faith in him, have been redeemed. It's something that we can hold on to and take away. But we need to know this as well. The redemption price that was paid was not paid to Satan. Some people kind of want to think that maybe Jesus had to pay off Satan somehow. Had to pay off him because he's in charge of all the evil and all the things that go on in the world. So somehow he had to make amends to Satan. No, he had nothing to do with Satan. He defeated him. He had to make the payment to Christ to the Lord, God. See, the wages of sin is death, and the wages had to be paid, but they had to be paid to the God for whom we had sinned against. It's God that we sinned against. It's God that we owe our life, our eternity. It's God who has the right of judgment. It's God who has the right of condemnation, of pronouncing us guilty and causing us to be separated from him for all time. And so Christ Jesus paid the wages of sin that is death. He paid that death. He became our sin and died upon the cross so that we could be satisfied in the eyes of God, justified before God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's what we are. That's who we are as a people of God, that we have been set free because of what God did in Christ Jesus. God became man and dwelt among us in Christ. And Christ, without sin, went to the cross without any reason except that he loved you and he loved me and he wanted more than anything else for us to be right with him. And he paid the price to make it possible so that all of us can, all of the rest of our lives and all of eternity, you and I can sing throughout the ages of time, we have been redeemed, we've been redeemed, we've been redeemed. I am redeemed today. 
because of what Jesus Christ did. What a joy, what a complete and wondrous story it is, the story of redemption and the privilege of knowing that I belong to God because he paid the price for me. He did for me what I could not do. He gave me redemption as the times of God. It's so amazing. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter that the prophets weren't sure. They understood. They, they talked about a coming Messiah. They talked about a coming Savior. They anticipated it. They longed for it, but they didn't really understand how it was going to all take place. They, they looked for it with wonder and honor. The Bible goes on to say in that same passage that the angels themselves look as though they're looking through a knothole through heaven, trying to understand, trying to get... They're so caught up in the idea that God would redeem mankind, that God would pay the price of setting people free from their sin, that God would do that for sinful man. And so they look and they wonder and they're bewildered. They can join in with praise and they can join in with worship, but they can never sing the song of redemption because only those who have been redeemed can sing that song. That's us, folks. We get to sing it. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 5, it gives us a great picture there of all the people joining together of every tribe and every tongue and every language and every people joined together singing that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the one who sacrificed himself, who gave all that he is by the part. Can you imagine that, folks? You and I and all the thousands of people and all the angels of creation and all of creation itself joining together in a massive song. We've been redeemed, praise God, by the Lord, by those of us who have been saved, redeemed by the Lord, all creation joining in, praise Him, worship Him, celebrate Him. God is God. None can be like Him. None are compared to Him. Our God is above all things. And He, He loved you enough and loved me enough that He died for us. Every one of us deserved that death. And none of us have a right to think any different. And none of us have a right to believe there's any chance at all that we would ever be acceptable before God because it's just not possible. Not any religion can do it for you. Not any philosophy can do it for you. Not any morality can do it for you. Not any government can do it for you. Not any education can do it for you. There's only one thing that can bring you right before God. And that's Jesus Christ and his blood that he shed for you out of love. God loves you. And he wants you to know the wonder and the power of all that he is and everything that he's about. And he has redeemed us in a part of this and understand that as we know. And the Bible tells us, let me just read this to you out of the book of Colossians, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sin. Folks, redemption is not a someday pie in the sky kind of thing. It's right now. We have been already, this very moment, redeemed. And God, when he redeemed us, the Bible says, transfers us out of the domain of darkness, out of control of Satan, and all that he had, and all that he was doing, that darkness that was filled with evil, and no hope, and no destination except destruction. God took us out of that kingdom and moved us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of life, the kingdom of, ki of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We have life and we have it abundantly and we have it everlastingly and we have it now. It's an already done deal. We have been saved, we have been redeemed, and today, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can stand up with all the confidence in the world before a world and shout as long as you want to, I am redeemed. 
I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been set free from the power of sin. I've been set free from the condemnation of God's judgment. I've been set free to live life in its abundance and its fullness because I have been redeemed by the Savior. What a joy. What a testimony. How could any of us never celebrate the what is going on in the reality that, that God did that for you and God did that for me. He brought us to that place in life that we could know beyond any shadow of a doubt, that we could be sure, that we could have certainty that we have been redeemed by God himself through Christ Jesus. What an amazing, what an amazing truth that is. I, I can't even begin to imagine how you explain that and how you deal with that. I don't even begin to know how you can celebrate the wonder that we've been redeemed by the pure, holy, righteous, undefiled, unstained Son of God, Jesus Christ. By His blood, we are redeemed. That's what we celebrate every time we take communion. It's by his body, by his blood, that we have been saved, that we have been redeemed, set free. See, we will never, ever, the Bible says there's coming, it's pointed unto man, every, every single person is going to die. And every one of them are going to stand in judgment before God. No exceptions. But those who are in Christ are going to stand before God unafraid, unashamed because they know they stand redeemed by the blood of Christ. And he exchanged his righteousness and dressed us in his robe of purity that we might come boldly before the throne of God and never be afraid of condemnation, of judgment because he paid the price. He did it for us. That's what it means to be redeemed. That's what he's talking about as you and I look at that and understand that. And you see, he did it because he loved us. Luke 19, 10 tells us that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's you and me. He came looking for us. We didn't go looking for him. He came looking for us. He came seeking us out and sought to find us and called us by name and offered us salvation and made it clear to us that, that though we were sinners, he had covered the price of our sin by his shed blood upon the cross. And if we would receive this great gift of grace, this great gift of love from the Father, if we'd take that through Jesus Christ, that we would be forgiven eternally, that we would have life everlastingly, and that we could stand forever and ever in the pureness of, our, of what Christ did for us before the Father, unashamed, uncondemned, with life everlasting he came looking for us and he gave himself for us according to scripture as we look at it we can and we ought to be singing the song of redemption all the time our hearts ought to be flooded with the joy and the wonder that God himself gave his blood because he loved us so much that he didn't want to see us perish but have everlasting life. And so he redeemed us through Christ Jesus. And see, the, 
redemption like all the things of God because he loves us so much he always gives us a choice. We don't have to be redeemed. We can choose to stay unredeemed, under wrath, under judgment. We can choose to believe that we can make it on our own, that we can come up with some other alternative, that we can do whatever we want to do, and we can say, I don't need your redemption. It's your choice. God will always honor your choice and allow you to choose to enter into condemnation for all eternity. It's your choice. Or we can, by the miracle of God's grace giving us the gift of faith, we can believe what Jesus did on the cross was sufficient for our salvation, was sufficient to cover our sin, was sufficient for God to accept us unto himself and say, you are forgiven, you are my child, I bring you into my family. You have been redeemed by the blood of my son and you are forever mine. Our choice. I pray we've made the right choice and we've accepted the gift of redemption. We've taken that gift that God offered to us and we've let it take our pride, pay our, for our sin and we've walked in the forgiveness of God. But if we have, we need to show it more. We need to act like it. We need to act as though we've, we really are redeemed. Well, this world has no authority over you. Satan has no authority over you if you're a child of the living God. You've been redeemed. You've been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can sing. Redeemed. Redeemed. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, we've been redeemed, faithful. And we need to celebrate that with everything that we are in Christ's name. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning... I, I pray that everyone here and everyone that is viewing by some other means knows without a shadow of a doubt that they know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that they've not tried to put their faith in some form of religion or philosophy or some way of life they've devised for themselves. They've not let themselves be deceived by Satan and all of his lies. They've not looked to morality. They've not looked to some kind of philosophy, God, or some kind of government or something to sway them and put them in that, not even looking to their own family heritage. But they have come to the place in their life where they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I, myself, in my own being, I have confessed my sin before God the Father. And I have accepted the reality that he gave the greatest gift at the greatest cost that had ever been paid when he gave himself to me in Christ Jesus and by his blood brought redemption, made it possible, made it available. And I've accepted that. God, may all of us be able to know that for a certain, and we can. If we've never known it before, we can know it today by just putting our faith in you through Jesus Christ and him alone. But Father, I pray this morning that those of us who have been redeemed will celebrate it, will act like it, We'll just acknowledge the fact that you did for us what we'll never, ever be able to do for ourselves, what we'll never be able to say thank you enough for, but we can be a, live a life that shows redemption is real, that shows redemption has taken place. We can live as a people set free in the love of God. And may we do that, I pray in Christ's name.
Amen.